TopplessRobot.com presents... You are listening to Animated Opinions, the only podcast available in the motherland, Russia. I'm your host, Melanie. I am Emily. I didn't want to do a Russian accent because I thought it was racist. Is it racist, though? That's a good question. I don't know. I think Russians are officially, like, off the table. I think you can say mean things about them now. I, well, I don't know, because we live in Putin's America, so we're all gonna die. Whoa! I was not ready for this to get political. We watched a movie about a little tiny Russian bat, Bartok the Magnificent, which is actually a spinoff slash prequel slash maybe a sequel no, to it's Anastasia. It's straight up a prequel to Anastasia. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I looked into it because I was like, when the fuck? Because you watch it and you're like, yes, this has to take place after Anastasia. And then you continue watching it and you're like, never mind. This has to take place before Anastasia. Did this have any impact on the Anastasia canon? Um, no. And the reason it didn't is because uh, the... so. The, the whole film itself, before we dig into the plot, centers around the kidnapping of the young Tsar prior to the Russian Revolution. Hank Azaria is back as Bartok, and the movie is definitely a prequel because it takes place in the early 1600s, and the events of Anastasia take place in the early 1900s, which means that Bartok is at least 300 years old. And I, I have several questions. Yeah, I think maybe he's immortal, and I think we should talk about that instead. Yeah, that adds a n- very different layer to this film. Also, what does that mean about his bear buddy? Well, his bear buddy is dead. He has a normal lifespan. Okay. But yeah. Well, d- so I, yeah, on, on this week of did we accidentally pick an okay movie, we watched Bartok the Magnificent. I, this, I watched Anastasia. I saw it in the theaters when I was a kid. And I remember being confused because it was scary and being like, I thought this was a princess movie and it's very scary. I don't get it. Oof, but I fucking loved it. I didn't hate it. I was just confused because I didn't like Disney princess movies. And I was like, this isn't one of those. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't a bad movie. I was just confused by it as a kid because I was like, this doesn't feel like a Disney movie. Later on finding out it wasn't. It was a Fox animation joint. Hell yeah. No, I very quickly learned to tell the difference between Disney and uh, Fox and Don Bluth and things like that. Uh, just that very early on, I was, uh, one of those people who was just like, no, it's not a fucking Disney movie. Cause I guess I suck. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember. This was a direct to DVD slash direct to VHS release. And I distinctly remember renting this movie from Wegmans. Back when the Pittsburgh Wegmans had the little video rental section that was kind of like across from the registers. So it was a little separate bit. So like after you've checked out, you could like go get a movie or you could do it on the way in, I guess. 
And like, I vividly remember this little weird area that is now where the can return is because the video rental thing is dead. Well, they call it red box now. Yeah, they do have a red box. Would you believe I lived above a red box, like literally steps from my apartment and still never bothered to rent anything from it? I can imagine that. The amount of time and energy it took to not only interact with the kiosk, but remember to return it. I was like, I'll just rent it digitally and let the computer take it away. (laughs) Yeah, I'll let the computer deal with it. I'll let technology handle it. Yeah, so like like we had said, this is the spinoff devised as a prequel. And the whole reason they made it was because the name of the man that we cannot escape, Chris Melodondri, he's back, then president of 20th Century Fox Animation. So every time we encounter Chris Melodondri, he is back. He's back with a fucking vengeance, heading up yet another animation company. Yeah, you would think that maybe uh, this guy's had so many jobs, maybe, maybe people should stop hiring him. Who knows? No, he's a white man. Uh, Hollywood audiences apparently went batty over the impish bar talk in Fox's 1997 animated musical Anastasia, Melodondry said. And we once we thought about a lot of ideas, our favorite idea was the one you see. Okay. Okay, this is barely a coherent film. Yeah. This was the good one. One. Two, did people even like Anastasia? I'm pretty sure that was a poorly performing film. Uh, I guess people really liked Bartok. How did you get that data? Were there test audience data? Did Bartok become a meme in 1997 that I wasn't aware of? Were people wearing knockoff Bartok Bart Simpson t-shirts? I would cry if this existed. Don't have a cow, man. I, I'm making that shirt. We're selling it in our store. Come at me, don't, Fox it's, Animation. It's don't have a cow, comrade. Yes. Because we live Bartok in... crop top. Yes, we only sell crop tops. Because it's best thing to wear when overthrowing government. It, it, the death to the czar. I don't know. I quit. We also sell cropped sweatshirts in case it's cold. Yes, because it's cold in Russia. Russian yes. Revolution, best in cold. Revenge best served cold, therefore. Winter only revolutions. But yeah, uh, we don't I don't think anyone. No, I don't think anyone was clamoring for a bar talk movie, but I really don't think anyone was clamoring for a directed but, video bar but talk here's movie. The thing. Of all of the Bluth sequels, prequels, and spinoffs, this was the only one he directed or was directly involved with. Yeah. Like, uh, what and the I mean, fuck? I don't know why either. It's not like the quality on this is bad. Maybe you can tell bored. that it's a direct-to-video. Maybe. But it's not up to his standards. Maybe all the 3D elements was what he was interested in, because it might have been the first time he was blending 3D, 2D. Uh, No, there was a little bit of that in Anastasia. 
Yeah, but I feel like in this one, they heavily relied on it for sets and set pieces in a way that I thought was interesting and a good cost-saving measure. Yes. That's the one thing I will give this film. They definitely used 3D animation more so than they had used it, I would say, to date in a Fox animated movie. Um, So speaking of people that did not want this, which seemed to be the world, let's... There was an aggressive marketing campaign for it involving IHOP. Yeah. Because, of course, what? IHOP was involved. Did they have Bartok pancakes? No, they were selling Fuck. versions like little Bartok statues. So they, as part of the promotion for the direct-to-video film Bartok to Magnificent, the plan was to sell half a million of these little six-inch toys. So there was a Bartok puppet and a turban bartok that is what these were called they were three dollars with any food purchase and you were also offered a two dollar mail-in rebate coupon for the twenty dollar video and free activity books for children were distributed and this to me like i said is an aggressive marketing campaign for a movie starring an immortal russian bat but, I mean, go off, I guess. Also, I, he wasn't Russian, right? This was the Soviet Union at the time? Yes. Uh, I'm sending you a picture of Turban Bartok because uh, you need to see it. Jesus. He looks like he's Rasta Bartok. No. Oh, no. I didn't know it was a beanie baby. No, wait. Yeah. No, no, no. They They said they were plastic. Wait, really? Because I Googled it and Bartok, it's clearly an IHOP branded bag. Yeah, 1999, International House of Pancakes Incorporated. Bartok the Magnificent was safety tested for children of all ages. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Huh, weird. Okay. Apparently he wears this turban on the cover of the film, yet never wears it in the movie itself. Didn't he wear it during the opening sequence where they're singing about Bartok the Magnificent? Maybe. Fuck. This was a movie. Uh, I guess we're ready to get into it, more or less. This movie had a very long plot summary for what is very little plot. I edited it because there was so much unnecessary detail. And even so, it's come out, I think, longer than the film is. Yeah. So, uh, folks, you don't need to know most of this, but you're strapping in anyway for it. Russia, in circa 1610, is being terrorized by an evil witch known as the Baba Yaga, and the only one not afraid of her is Bartok, an albino bat and street performer. He just arrived in Moscow and is impressing people with his performances, including Prince Ivan. Ivan's assistant, and possibly aunt, Ludmilla, finds Bartok annoying and naive, and she tries to stop his performance. After Bartok's show, a grizzly bear suddenly attacks. It's all an act because that's Bartok's partner, Bear. And Bartok stuns the crowd by, uh, you know, seemingly stunning the bear and trapping it in his wagon. Yeah. Did you get all that, everybody? This is a long musical number, in case you're curious, in which Hank Azaria is hamming it the fuck up. Yeah, it, it was a very, 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 very too long musical number. And the Russian accents in only occasional instances were a little bit much for me. 
Remember when Hank Azaria used to get work based on his good accent work? And it's stuff like this and his Indian accent, both present in The Simpsons as Apu and in Mystery Men as the Blue Raja. Oh my god. I literally just put two and two together as to who Hank Azaria was. Oh, yeah, okay. Now you uh now you know. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, here's I the thing. Hank Azaria, talented voice actor. I have no qualms with his voice acting, but I don't think he should be doing all these accents. I think my re- oh god, I'm so sorry. I think my Russian accent's better than his. Wow. Come at us, Hank Azaria. Yeah, Hank Azaria, we know you listen to this podcast at me. Please do. Uh, But yeah, so as I said earlier, they got early 3D on Bartok's cart, which is a very complicated asset. And I thought that that was a great use of the 3D, even though the textures were super low res. This this was 1999, so it's not too far removed from when CG started getting, air quotes, good or believable. And when you're doing it for an animated film like this, where it's only going to be on screen for a little tiny bit, you can kind of get away with it not I mean, obviously not being photo real because everything is stylized, but yeah, you can tell that they had, they splurged a little bit here. Also, Disney Toon can suck this movie's dick because it looks better than almost every Disney sequel that I have ever seen. That's 101% true. Honestly, the visual quality of this isn't that bad. Like it very clearly is above a direct-to-video movie, but the story quality yanks it right back down. Yeah, they just want to make sure that you know you're watching a direct to whatever. This was actually direct to video, so. Sue me. Sue me, sue me. Okay. Uh, So, did you watch the restored version of it that's currently available on YouTube? I did. I did watch it. So the restored version is gorgeous. They did a fantastic job with maintaining the original colors and making sure all the lines were clean and not doing the garbage upscaling thing that Disney does, where uh, all the lines end up looking like they've been thrown through some kind of vectorized filter that just doesn't look good and it muddies all the quality. So... It's beautiful, but they transferred it to 60 frames a second, which does the movie no favors. It's animated specifically in 24 frames a second. Transferring it to 60 doesn't add motion or replace frames. All it does is unintentionally fuck with the pacing on the moves and make it really obvious where they were hoping that you would have a couple of frames for your eye to catch up. It's not great. I don't I didn't have an issue with it. I also just didn't care. I have a lot of feelings about uh, trying to jam more frames into something that didn't have them because it never works. It's not a thing that you can do. You can't smooth motion just by computer. Says you. Yeah, and I'm right. Yeah, I guess. That's fair. I just honestly don't have an opinion on it. As someone who works digitally, I just don't care. That's fair. It it bothers me because there's no reason for it. 
That Yeah, that's valid. Just restore the colors, let the hand-drawn be hand-drawn, and it's good to go. Like, we don't, yeah, we don't exactly. really need what you're doing here. Exactly. Um, all right. Delighted with Bartok's bravery, people around him reward him gold, including Prince Ivan, who gives him a royal ring, much to the displeasure of Ludmilla. Bartok's bear friend, Zozi, is apprehensive about the ring and thinks that they should give it back. Bartok is a dick and doesn't want to give it back. In Moscow, Ivan is kidnapped in the middle of the night by the Baba Yaga, which leads to an investigation. Ludmilla informs the people what has transpired and asks for someone brave enough to rescue Prince Ivan. Two small children nominate Bartok because they saw the funny bat do many brave things. Bartok reluctantly accepts when the royal guard hunts his ass down, so he and Zozi head to the Iron Forest to confront the Baba Yaga and save Prince Ivan. Yeah, um, Kelsey Grammer, the second Zozi talks, I was just like, ah, yes, it's Blinky from Troll Hunters. And all I could think, I don't know if Kelsey Grammer, because I don't encounter Kelsey Grammer, like, in real life, aside from movies. That's what he sounds like. Okay, I was like, he's either trying out that Troll Hunters voice 20 years earlier, or maybe he just sounds like that. I just didn't feel like putting in the research to see what Kelsey Grammer sounded like. Have you never watched Frasier? No. What the fuck? Uh, the only thing that I know about Frasier is there was a meme and it was just like, get in the, uh, it was, it was, <laughs> what? It's the Ava meme with Niles. Yeah, it's the Ava meme. It's just like, get in the robot Frasier. We're going to have to have Niles pilot it. That's the only thing I know about Frasier. Yeah, it's fairly accurate to Frasier. Okay. But no, that's just what Kelsey Grammer sounds like. He does a great job, and I think Zosie didn't get enough screen time. Zosie, I just didn't truly care about him as a character. He was funny when he was around, he- but I don't think he was absolutely necessary. No, he had no impact he on anything. He was a weird anti-comic relief. Because yeah. Bar- Bartok as a character is solely here for comedic relief, and there's a whole movie based around him. So Zozi is more just like the audience being like, Jesus fucking Christ. Bartok, calm the fuck down. Uh, so it's very clear that Ludmilla stole Ivan. Thought maybe she was the Baba Yaga. She's not. Yeah. This movie does not have any chance to wow you or make you think that she's not evil. No, and yeah, it's Bartok has the line where when Zozi was just like, we should return the ring. Bartok was like, there's no rush to do it. It's not like he's going anywhere. And immediately we cut to a kidnapping scene because of course we do. Yeah, that's exactly how it goes. I Bartok is constantly on the wagon, off the wagon, on a sign, off the sign. And I feel like his scale is constantly changing. And it bothered me a lot in uh, this set of scenes in particular. I mean, it was 1999 and Don Bluth was just a sinkhole of money for Fox. Also, Bartok is immortal and magic, so nothing matters. Yes, it's very true. I didn't know Bartok was immortal until earlier. Now it all makes sense. Yeah. Uh, 
Hey, we're going to pause for a second for breaking news. The Lion King is now the highest grossing animated film of all time. The shitty Lion King where it's the realistic lions. Are we adjusting for inflation? The, it's frozen. The inflation isn't that much. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, it is not adjusted for inflation. You're correct on that, though. Yeah, fuck you. That doesn't matter. It beat Frozen. We're never... I, who even... I don't know anyone that saw this movie. I did. I mean, yeah, you saw it for work. Yeah. Work took... I, I didn't see it for work. Work decided it would be a good idea to go watch a Disney movie. And I'm just like, they're our competitor. <laughs> yes. Yes, Emily, who works at... Beep. I mean, I could work for a lot of companies and have uh, have Disney as a competitor. So basically, it's they own true. everything. So there's only a handful of companies that I could work for. But if anybody figures it out, go fucking go off, I guess. Yeah, fam. I didn't remember any of this movie. I definitely had watched it as a kid. But if you had asked me prior to me sitting down and watching it again as an adult, if you had asked me what happened in this movie, I wouldn't have given you any any of the plot points this is the exact kind of movie as a kid i hated disney movies i especially hated like anything that was a musical Uh and this is the kind of movie that definitely fit into that like i don't like disney movies category of something that i would not have sat down to watch yeah it's hmm yeah it was something i mean it's not good. Could have been worse, but it's definitely not a classic. Yeah. We once and, again, you know. we once again enter territory of who was this movie for? And the answer is it was only for the person who created the movie. It's just a movie circle jerk. Yeah, who some multiple people had to be on board with the idea of solely a bar talk movie, which is what confuses me. Because Anastasia, like you said, Anastasia didn't do all that well. No, it wasn't like Anastasia was a high performer. None of them were. Sorry, Fox. Very sorry, Fox. But yeah, I think maybe they thought that producing a direct to video would it make them more money? Which doesn't make sense to me because you'd be losing money. Uh, I mean, video sales in general were stronger then and especially That's stronger true. than like limited theater releases. So I could see where the idea was we have to do the same amount of promotion whether we eat it out into theaters or not. We might as well cut out the middleman. And we true. already... I don't know why they did... It's not like now where when you're like, oh, well, we already have all the assets for, I don't know, a 3D animated movie. We might as well make a direct-to-video sequel. Right. But even then, you don't get the same, you don't always get the same assets. Yeah, but like at least you've got the characters already modeled up and rigged. You can, you can reuse a lot of stuff. If they still had the staff around, because Anastasia came out in 97 and Bartok was released in 99. Wow, yeah, I guess. So they had to have started production on this almost, I would say, immediately after Anastasia. 
Maybe we'll get lucky and someone who worked on Bar Talk will reach out and tell us about this. What if I just find Chris Melodondri and talk to him? <laughs> if we could have a guest spot with Chris Melodondri, I would honestly be shocked and also have a million questions. I would just be like, hey, sir, what the fuck? How do you fail upwards Ex- that, that fail, like that level of failing upwards? Excuse me, you need to be stopped. Much like Robert Zemeckis, you must be stopped. No off-topic questions. No time for questions. No off-topic questions. <laughs> because I don't want to. You have been stopped. Been stopped. Please clap. Uh, Chris Christie's misgoverning of New Jersey is worth it for that one vine. That one vine is so good. Uh, I motion that we table this podcast and instead discuss our favorite vines. Uh, We're almost done, I'm kidding. I actually thought about it. I legitimately thought about it. So Bartok and Zozi find the Baba Yaga's hut, but they have to answer a riddle given by a giant skull played by Tim Curry to enter. When the riddle is answered, Baba Yaga captures Bartok and explains that to save Ivan, Bartok must gather three items from the forest without any help from Zozi, because fuck Zozi, apparently, or they'll both die. Her pet pilaf, it's a snake, Obli's crown, it's a crown, and the magic feather. The tasks are hard. Pilaf is frozen to a boulder, Obli is surrounded by an aura of fire and needs to get tricked, and the magic feather must be obtained without flight because the Baba Yaga is an asshole. Mm-hmm. Bartok does this and is very annoyed about the whole thing. Rightfully so. Baba Yaga's making him do chores. But Baba Yaga still needs something from Bartok himself, which she doesn't say what it is. Baba Yaga rejects everything. Bartok cries in frustration. And that was it. It was the tears. I didn't get any of that. Like, I was watching this movie and I was like, I was still like, what? (laughs) This was a very long segment of the movie that I just said. Yeah. And none of it mattered. It was insane. Wait, yeah, all of this could have been hand waved in like 30 seconds. All you need is for Bartok to get the final potion and know that Baba Yaga didn't steal Ivan. But honestly, I I feel like this is the only compelling part of the movie because it has the most action. Unfortunately, we seem to spend a majority of that action with Pilaf. Yeah, who is annoying. Yeah, no offense, Jennifer Tilly, but it's just like a pink snake and I hated it. Uh, I would argue that the final 20 minutes of this film are more exciting than this, in which Ludmilla is more present and does things. We'll get to it in a second. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, I this did not interest me at all. It's, I don't even remember seeing the magic crown or the feather, because after Pilaf, I kind of tuned out and did other things. But the skull, though. The skull was amazing. Yeah, I actually went back to watch that, but again... It, it was almost stop motiony, but the, it was still very smooth. And the weird camera angles on it made me really, really pity any of the 2D animators who had to work on that scene because Bartok and Sozi are also in it. And typically when you're doing your character turnarounds and your, your model sheets so that everybody's kind of doing the same shit, 
Um, I don't really think they do those kind of views ever. Yeah. Also, this is where I... I'm so sorry. Emily! This movie is so compelling. This is also where I was just like, oh, Zozie is kind of like the everyman. He's not the comic relief, because Bartok, once again, is still a comic relief. But... To get the key, Bartok has to answer a riddle, and Kelsey Grammer immediately is just like, Jesus fucking Christ, you idiot, here is the answer, and just kind of yells it, and then befriends the skull, so I totally ship it. And the Baba Yaga, for anybody that doesn't know, is an actual, like, Slavic folktale witch character, I guess. And she's got a house that's on chicken legs and it runs around and it's amazing. Um, Hell yeah. This house stands up and I love the long leg house. Like long house leg. But all it was it's Slav monster house. And all I wanted was for Baba Yaga's hut to do the Slav squat, which is like a very mean <laughs> yes. stereotype uh, where somebody in an Adidas tracksuit is squatting in front of typically a car or a trash heap. But yes, I did love Baba Yaga's house. That is a good point. Yes, it was so good. Yes, queen. Yes. Uh, when they get into Baba Yaga's house, they sing kind of the inverse of Be Our Guest. Oh, yeah. Where it's more like, you're trapped here forever. Yeah, and I immediately was like, fuck, is this going to be jazz? I hate jazz. And then I ended up kind of liking it. Yeah. Uh, do you like jazz? I hate jazz. <laughs> uh, yep. So that was that. Uh, they used 3D for the snow outside and it looked really pretty. I appreciated that because it added depth and interest to the shots instead of just being like, oh, here's some fucking shit. Uh, the shadowing on the peel-off scene, Bartok is, like, climbing a large tower to get to peel-off. It's inconsistent and entirely confusing and changes shot to shot depending on where Bartok is. It's bad. Yeah. This movie was happening however it wanted to happen. And I think what I appreciated most was everybody started kind of being done with it all. And, like, so the the other riddle to get the key... Um, the answer is funny bone and Bartok is just like, haha, funny bone key, please. And just, just like, give me the fucking thing. And Bartok was so fucking done with Zosie and the skull just kind of hanging out because they, they ended up being friends. And Zosie was just like, he's actually just misunderstood. He's a good person. The whatever. So I ship it. I ship skull. Zosie. Yeah. I ship it too. I also liked the Baba Yaga. I think she was my favorite character in this whole thing that wasn't Zozie. She was delightful, honestly. Like a like a little Russian like little old babushka lady. Also, I really like yes. the, the obli bit. The the crown of flames bit. And the increased frame rate for things like that for the action scenes, I kind of enjoyed. But once again, I wasn't paying that much attention. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, this one just goes. 
Oh my god, why is there another plot summary here? Because nothing happens. We're almost done. Um, I don't understand how Zozy has a mustache. And I also have the note, Bartok, fuck your riddles, bitch. The bat. Yes. Zozy's mustache is very clearly, he groomed his fur that way. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Bartok cries. Baba Yaga's like, yes, these are the tears from your heart. Now you can go and it's a potion for you to save Prince Ivan because it turns out he was never taken by me. He was taken by Ludmilla. So when Bartok drinks the potion, whatever he has in his heart will show 10 times the exterior. Bartok and Zozi head back to town and are like, we got the potion, which is not what you told us to go get. Is yep. Yeah, Baba Yaga reminds me design wise of another character, but I couldn't tell you who it is. I got nothing. Yeah, it, she's definitely similar to someone else, but I just don't know. Unless you're thinking of the old witch from Spirited Away. I don't think so. Yeah. Because I would have known that one. But yeah, uh, Bartok spends three to five minutes summarizing what just happened. Thank God. Not even. Maybe a minute, but I was just like, ah, good. I'm glad Bartok is catching me up to where I need to be. And also, they tried to play it as a shock that Ludmilla is evil, but it's so obvious. Yeah. Oh, God. I just was really glad we gave up on the musical numbers by about the halfway point. Turns out I was actually wrong about that. There is another musical number, but I was just really glad that nobody had been singing for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Ludmilla was planning on murdering Prince Ivan, which is shocking. Which is hardcore, but it's also Russian. Fair. But yeah, I I was kind of here for child murder. I feel like we didn't spend enough time with Ivan and Ludmilla to care. Yeah. Well, because uh, the movie's so, about Bartok. Yep. So, at any rate, Ludmilla, when they arrive, Ludmilla locks Bartok and Vol, uh, the guard who is useless for the whole movie, up with Ivan and reveals that she kidnapped the prince uh, she framed the Baba Yaga as part of her scheme to forcibly seize the Russian throne. She steals Bartok's magic potion and leaves everyone to die in a tower that's filling up with water while they're in cages. They're gonna fucking drown. She drinks Bartok's magic potion and becomes a giant dragon instead. It's dope. It's great. Uh, but also, this bitch is not Rasputin. She's not smart. This is not a smart plan. It's mostly murder. Yeah. Also, Bartok can fly, and the cage is not that small. He could totally get out of it, and then you're done, son. Um, okay, also, she walks through a torture chamber during her musical number, which is just, what the fuck? I was also wrong about the musical number. Uh... This musical number in particular, I would assume, began hundreds of inflation and vor fetishists because, you know, she turns into a dragon piece by piece. I, as she was, like, 
ballooning up into dragon form and everything. I did not like it. It actually, I was just like, ooh, this is a little bit disturbing. Can we not? And I, once again, I couldn't remember this movie at all. Like, I had definitely watched it before. But at the same time, did I watch Bartok the Magnificent? Uh, this is right. I feel like this is where the movie gets good because Ludmilla is doing some fucked up stuff. Yeah, but what the fuck is And also fuck she is becomes happening? a dragon. Well, also that. Who knows what the fuck is happening? Fair. fair um, There's still more. Oh, yeah. Ludmilla goes on a rampage through Moscow, setting buildings aflame. Zozi comes to the rescue, being relevant to this film for a minute, saving Bartok and the prince. Bartok fights Ludmilla, tricking her into climbing the tower. When she gets to the top, the tower becomes unstable because she's a giant fucking dragon. So she falls to her death and is crushed to death. Mm. Uh, The streets are flooded with water from the tower, thus causing all the flames to go out, but flooding everyone's homes. That never is mentioned. Zozi is like, Bartok, you're a true hero because you did not only stop Ludmilla, but you showed the Baba Yaga compassion. Bartok returns Ivan's ring and the Baba Yaga appears to say goodbye. Uh, They hug. The end. Yep. Yep. Uh, Prince Ivan says, Bartok, help. And I'm like, Bartok is also in a cage. Yeah, but he can get out of his cage. Nora came home and I got distracted. And I think the movie was over at that point because there was no screaming and the dragon was gone. Yeah, it's mostly just a long fight scene. And Zosie uh, recites some funny Shakespeare. It's great. Uh, Bartok does do a very good juggling bit and talks about juggling Mm -hmm. in front of Ludmilla. And that was a good joke that made me legitimately laugh. I don't remember. There were like, uh, he's talking about how he's juggling rocks of different size and how that makes the juggling exponentially harder and it made me laugh because it was just like such a actively intelligent bit yeah in the middle of an action scene i don't know it got me yeah i was just Uh, upset that pilaf was back oh i agree but then they did a hug they did do a hug i liked the hug they and that was it it ended with a hug it's over. It's done. Yeah. It's, it's Bartok uh, gets a lot of credit for only being an hour long. Thusly, I did not want to claw my eyes out from boredom. Yeah, I, I appreciated that it was a tight, tight hour. Yeah. Like, they oh knew God. that you didn't have an hour and a half for Bartok. Yeah. So... The movie is over. Let's have some movie facts. Movie facts. Apparently, Bartok teaches moral values in a way that kids can understand. That is a line that I pulled from an actual article. Like a review. What moral values did we learn here? Don't know, but apparently, this film was dubbed into English, German, French, Spanish, Italian, Swedish, and Dutch... And has been subtitled in Dutch, French, German, Italian, Spanish, and Swedish. So all the same languages just listed in a different order. Yes. Except for... No, you're right. They're English. Yeah. yeah. Well, because yep. we don't need English subtitles. Now, most people 
honestly, we're just surprised that the movie was not terrible. And the only us included. The only bad review for this on Amazon that I could find was about how the disc that they were shipped didn't work. There was nothing bad about the movie itself, but critic reviews were either this is trash or this is fine for a direct to video release. Which once again, yeah, very polarizing. But everybody else, like people that watch this movie, enjoy this movie, and I can't fault them for it. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. And even, unfortunately, we had to use Wikipedia as our main source for this one because there was just not a lot about Bartok the Magnificent out there. And even it felt like even Wikipedia was reaching. So there was an article in 1999 from Variety, and it was a review. And they deemed that co-directors Bluth and Goldman were said to have done a respectable job of establishing what promises to be a new direct-to-video franchise and as though though it is not as lavish as big screen predecessor Anastasia, the sequel is attractive and it involves Tim Curry and Jennifer Tilly, as well as supporting character voices. And the songs were deemed pleasant and but unremarkable. And also in 99, the Fort Oglethorpe Press described the film as spectacular, frolicking, and fun-filled, adding that it was loaded with breathtaking feature-quality animation, spectacular music, and enchanting new songs. I would agree. It's an outright lie. About 30% of that, but okay. There was also... Then we started getting into the... uh, So those reviews were very few and far between... The actual reviews, and I say actual, those were actual reviews, but these are like the reviews you come here for. The trades questioned the film's whole existence, saying, I'm unsure what reason this spinoff was made, but regardless, it's a well done one. It also said the same team directed and produced the second movie, and unlike many direct-to-video movies, it's animated as well as the first and uses a healthy portion of CGI, something that many movies of the nature tend to lack. Excuse me. Backgrounds have the same details as the original, making it a definite worthwhile watch. So it, it they're kind of like backhanded comments here. It's just like, yeah, it was fine, but like nobody asked for this. Which is true. Which I think is really funny. It's just like, yeah, it was good, but like, why? The best review, though. The Dallas Morning News. Bartok the Magnificent does even more disservice to Russian history than Anastasia did. Sick fucking burn. Very true. So it came out in 99 on VHS, and then what I could find was released to DVD in 2012. Wow. Don't know. So November 16th, 99 was the VHS release by 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment. I almost knocked over my mic. It was later re-released in 2005 as part of a two-disc set alongside Anastasia, and it was called the Family Fun Edition. This also included a special feature. Sorry, Bartok the Magnificent was also included as a special feature on the Anastasia Blu-ray, which came out in in, uh, March of 2011. Emily, could you keep your hands on the table? Thank you. I'm trying. It's very hard. My chair keeps spinning around and all I want to do is face front. 
God damn. Yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, just putting this whole movie on the Blu-ray. Good call. Yeah, just put it on the Anastasia Blu-ray. Yeah, it's a special feature. Yeah. Done and done. So the tape and the DVD also came with sing-along segments and other extras, including the Bartok and Anastasia trailers and a maze game that features three mazes you control with your remote because, of course, it does. I'm going to review that game without seeing it. It probably fucking sucks. Well, you don't Do you know. think I'm not trying to YouTube it now? Because I am. Here, we'll, we'll see. You try and find a YouTube for it. And then we'll also just casually mention that Bartok the Magnificent was nominated for an Outstanding Achievement in Animated Home Video Production at the Annie Awards in 2000, but lost to an extremely goofy movie. I didn't know there was an Animated Home Video Production category at the Annie Awards. It also received a Gold Reel Award nomination for Best Sound Editing for Television Movies and Direct-to-Video Presentations, and that was also from the motion picture sound editors, but it was beaten by Shake, Rattle, and Roll, An American Love Story, and Alvin and the Chipmunks Meet Frankenstein, respectively. Oh, Alvin and the Chipmunks do like meeting Frankenstein. I remember that one. I do not. Did you find anything about the maze game? I couldn't find any, like, uploads of DVD games on YouTube. I feel like I've got a new YouTube channel idea. I think you should do it because YouTube is one of those weird places that that would actually be like a successful bit. <laughs> my success, my channel is just these are the special feature games on DVDs. No commentary. I think it would be interesting. Just like playthroughs of them. Yeah. Just shitty playthroughs I would... of shitty games. Well, all right. Also, an extremely goofy movie definitely deserved all of the award. I haven't seen it, so I have no opinion. It's good. Goofy wears an afro and does a dance. Max goes to college. There's a lot of cheese whiz eaten. Ah, uh, yes. I rip Disney Tune, though. Yeah, I mean, Disney Tune mostly was just making pilots for animated series that ended up becoming direct-to-DVD movies when nobody wanted to continue with the series because they realized Aladdin wouldn't make a good television show. What? How dare you? Yep. That's all I've got. That's Bartok. That is Bartok. Oh, we're at a tight 45 here. Jesus, it's almost, like, pretty when, solid. It's almost like when you review an hour-long movie and you're summarizing it, it comes out a little bit shorter. But are you ready for my choice for next week's movie? Oh, God. Yeah. Emotionally prepared? No. But mentally prepared? Also no. We're watching the Emoji movie. Oh, Did we list that? Yes. Oh, you're making me watch the Emoji movie again? <laughs> You've never seen the Emoji no, movie? No, I've seen it. What? I saw it. Nora and I got when did you watch the Emoji it. movie? We got drunk when? and had a... Um, I mean, I could ask her. You never texted me about watching the Emoji movie. I definitely did. Because I also told you no we, way. Were, we were watching Mooney. Mooney? Mune? Moon Mooney? Oh, Mune. I actually did see Mune. Uh, I thought it was I watched cute. That one. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, Mune was uh, pretty good. I thought it was a little slow, but it was beautiful enough that I was willing to pass it. Yes. Well, once again, it is a foreign animated feature, and the pacing is different, and therefore deemed by Americans to be slow. Oh, come on. What? I really enjoyed it. I liked it was, the pacing. 
I'm fine. Yeah, we're watching the Emoji Movie next week. And speaking of, if you'd like to tune in live for Emily's suffering, you can subscribe to our Patreon at the $15 tier in which we will live stream ourselves watching the movies and all of our sad online shopping glory. My suffering tune is only in. worth $15 to you people? Put that uh, in a $30 tier. Multiple people. Put it at a $30 Fine. tier so that I can get alcohol and fucking takeout for this or something. Oh, wait, that's true. Yeah, if you pay for our takeout and our booze, I will watch a lot of bad movies at once. I will call you and, like, FaceTime you while watching the Emoji Movie. I think this is our plan now. Anybody want to pay for that? Pause for it. Anybody? Yeah, uh, if you could answer right now, please uh, type one. Thank you. I just got word that we've been canceled. I don't know what number you pressed, but congratulations. You ruined your favorite podcast. But on the bright side, I don't have to watch the Emoji Movie. Fuck you. You're watching the Emoji Movie. <laughs> this has been Animated Opinions. Come back next week to hear if we still are alive after watching it or if we fucking killed ourselves. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Melanie. Emily. Bye. 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 Talk the magnificent. Oh, I should hit stop.